In today's show, let's look back at Tuesday's action across the NBA. The Thunder keep rolling. Charles Bassey, done for the season. Everything else, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On all caps, in the game. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk about the eight games that were on Tuesday. We're going to talk about the ramifications of things that we saw go down. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's talk some news. LeBron doesn't appear like he's really close. Sham's report was that he would be yeah, still he's improving. It's no timetable. Still going to be a while. Maybe he's back at the end of the regular season. We already said that you drop on LeBron weeks ago. If you haven't dropped LeBron, you drop LeBron. And we'll talk more about the Lakers later on because they played a game today and won pretty comfortably about how everything looks. But yeah, there's no, oh, who's the pickup with the LeBron news? Because we've literally been seeing this take place over the last few weeks. So no change there. Um, some long-term, not long-term, some contracts. Chris Dunn, his second 10-day expired, and they did sign him as expected for the rest of the season. Their next game doesn't come until Saturday, and in that game, Colin Sexton might be back. So I don't know, and Jordan Clarkson might be back. I don't know where Chris Dunn's value lies. He probably isn't worth holding to wait for that. He was being good, no doubt about that, but that was without Sexton, and some of it was without Clarkson. And if those two guys do play, I don't really know where Dunn fits in there. So I don't think he's worth a hold. He's, de- well, he's definitely not worth a hold. But he could be worth a stream later on. And Myers Leonard also signed a rest of season deal in Milwaukee. We do not care about that at all. Um, Rudy Gobert and Alperen Shengun are both listed questionable for tomorrow. Gobert, I talked about it on the What to Watch For show. Said, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up. We don't. Nas Reed is also questionable. So imagine they're both out. And we get Luca Garza and Nathan Knight. They could be stream options. That's one to watch. And Luca is out for Dallas. Tim Hardaway is questionable. Kyrie is questionable. And Christian Wood is questionable. So there could be another gigantic opportunity for Jaden Hardy and for Josh Green there as well. I would prioritize Green over Hardy, but both of those guys are in line for a big opportunity to put up some good numbers. Let's look at the most added players. Over the last 24 hours, number one is Jalen Suggs up 19%. And with Franz Wagner playing, it didn't go particularly well for Suggs. This is the problem with him, is the ups and downs in the rotation minutes and the inconsistency in role makes him always worthwhile having a crack at. But it's almost feeling like an Aaron Neesmith situation, where if you add him, he'll be shit. And then when you drop him, he's good. And it's just it's hard to get on top of that. Devontae Graham up 15%. I like it because of the schedule for the Spurs. Now, I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen on a game-by-game basis. Who sits tomorrow? Does Graham sit? Is Jones back? Is Johnson back? Is Sohan out? I don't know. Is Brandon back? He might play 10 minutes tomorrow. But he was good enough today. 
Joshy Richardson up eight up eight percent. That's just for a stream today. Levert's a great stream as well. Obviously, no Mitchell in today's game, so we keep rolling with that one. I think Killian Hayes, we should have been added a while ago, but it worked out if you added him today, I would hold through Thursday's games. Royce O'Neal, weird. He'd played like 28, 30 minutes the last couple of games. And we thought, okay, here's a nice bench roll for Royce. And then he barely played today. So that's a little bit annoying. These numbers weren't terrible, but it takes him a little bit away from being a 12-team league guy. Cole Anthony, that one worked out. He was pretty good, but him and Suggs seems to, seem to alternate strong games. So I wouldn't have extreme confidence in Cole's value as we move forward. And then Joe Ingles sat yesterday. We got the Chris Middleton out today, so Ingles was added in a lot of spots, and that game's not finished, but I'll talk about it later on to see how he went. The most dropped players in fantasy basketball leagues, number one is Kelly Olenek, down 10%. Number two is Chris Dunn, down 8%. Is the Jazz. They don't play till Saturday. Easy, easy drops. Um, Johnny Collins down 8%. The Hawks have also got a three-day break before they play, and Collins' numbers haven't been particularly good. Drop, move on, add someone else in, add him back if you need to. Not a problem. Trey Jones down 6%. Well, I don't know. Is he going to play tomorrow? I don't mind dropping Trey Jones. The numbers aren't good enough. The inconsistency is there. The availability is non-existent. But he might be worth adding tomorrow. Timmy Hardaway down 5%. Look, if he's out tomorrow, then absolutely. But he could be a great stream tomorrow. But he was shocking last game. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the same as John Collins. Just doesn't play and doesn't play enough for Quinn Snyder. Ben Matherin down 5%. I, as I said, I don't know that he's going to play again this season. He's not good enough anyway. He's not a 12-team league guy with a fully healthy situation, and he doesn't have that. Very easy drop. And then Isaiah Jackson down 5%. We just have no idea um, about what's going to happen next game. Turner could play. Turner might not play. If Turner's out, we add Jackson. But I've got no problem dropping Jackson, opening up a spot for Tuesday, Wednesday, restreaming him back in. That's sort of who he is. So dropping him, I think, is a totally, totally reasonable decision. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM Game. New sponsors for us, and it's something that I know you guys as fantasy basketball fans are going to love. If you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM, and I know you have, you can manage your basketball franchise. This game is for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You are responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, and just navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and everything that happens in a basketball season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go, as you want, when you want to. So, Locked on Fantasy Basketball listeners, you get a free boost in this, 100% free boost in your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, go to probasketballgm.com, scan the code on your screen, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. The Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's uh, let's look at the games. Yeah, let's do that. First game. Cavs, Hornets sort of went as expected. The Cavs get the easy victory over Charlotte 120 to 104. There was no Jared Allen. There was no Don Mitchell. So we need to remember that as we focus in. And Karis Levert, only 27 minutes. Again, it was a blowout. It was like over four minutes of garbage time. 22, four and seven, four steals, a block and four triples. And an amazingly good game. A great stream for um, for Drakaris. Drakaris. And as long as one of Mitchell or Garland are out, he's going to be a stream. Now, they play again tomorrow. I don't know of Mitchell's status. I don't know what's going to happen, but keep an eye on that. If you did add Levert, just hold through it. Mobley, 26-6 and six in 31 minutes. We talked about how his efficiency had dropped way off on the buy low, sell high show today. So he went 63 from the field, 100 from the line for a true shooting of uh, 70%. Pretty good rebound. Chetty Osman, the Discman, 24.6 triples, 31 minutes, entirely because Mitchell was out. 
And he does this, but it's just not even, it's not reliable at all. Well, Rubio, I thought, played well. 11, 5, and 4, but he's probably going to sit tomorrow. Garland only played 28 minutes, 19, 3, and 7. Rough from the line, 3 of 6, 3 of 5, sorry. The other stuff's okay. Okora did nothing. Well, Lamar Stevens started for Allen. 11 and 4 with a 3. Look, that's good enough for deeper formats, but it doesn't really look like a 12-team league line. Shout out to Dylan Windler for playing his first minutes for the season as well. Four minutes for him. Two points. For the Hornets, Ubre missed the last game, came back in this one and went crazy. 34 minutes, 28 points, 65% shooting, six rebounds, one block. Still remains one of the more annoying players to me in the NBA. And the fact that he gets this many shots is ridiculous, but he does. Rogier was pretty good, 22-3-9, but it was a good game from Dennis Smith. And what is intriguing here about Smitty is he played 32 minutes. Now, they don't play again until Friday. One more game this week, so I'm not rushing to add Smith. But 32 minutes, 6-4, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. When we looked at LaMelo Ball going down and wanted to add Dennis Smith, it was because he could get rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. And that's look at it right here. It's sexy as. That's what he brings. But he doesn't play again until Friday. Um, Big Dick Nick Richards, 23 minutes, 7-8 and eight with a block. Not a great game. Low minutes. They gave minutes to Kai Jones, PJ Washington, JT Thor. Again, we don't know. If people ask, do I drop him? There's five more days this week. He might play 18 minutes next game. You might get 18 more minutes out of that roster spot for the week. He also might be the starting center for the rest of the season. And he plays 30 more minutes this week. But is he worth it and worth holding? Probably not. Until we hear that Mark Williams is out, then he's not. And I, I don't. And even if even if Williams was confirmed out, is 30 minutes in five days of Nick Richards worth it? Probably not. Same with Gordon Hayward, who had 10, 3, and 6 in his 29 minutes. And even PJ Washington, you've got to consider a drop in that scenario. 9 and 5, uh, 1 of 2 from the line, no defensive stats. Just a pretty, pretty bleak performance from PJ in a comfortable loss. For the Charlotte Hornets, the Washington Wizards smash the Pistons 117 97. And I don't know what to tell you about this Pistons team. There was no Bogdanovich, no Ivy, no Bagley, no Stewart, no Livers, no Burks. And I don't know if Bogdanovich... Again, my inkling is you might get one more game out of Bogdanovich. I don't think you get any. Um, Bagley will miss the rest this week. I think Ivy could play on Thursday. Livers might, maybe, but I don't know. And when you look at a team and you see Corey Joseph with 30 minutes, 12, 4, and 5, 2 steals and a block, you go, what is this team doing? And it's the Pistons. And you see 38 minutes for Rodney Magruder, who has 16 and 6 with four threes. Absolutely, no doubt, really strong fantasy lines. But do we really look at this and go, well, I want to add Corey. I want to add Rodney. And that's what we're... Actually, you know what? I've got a new one. I call him Scooter Magruder, but I've got this soundbite sitting here. Why why am I not calling him Rocket Rodney Magruder? Rocket, Rocket, Rocket. We can't think. We can't think. Come on, come on, come on, come on. These guys... If these guys outhold Bogdanovich and Ivy, if they remain out, then... Joseph and Magruder are going to be useful. But who bloody, who knows? Duran got some really early foul trouble, the passport legend, but ended up playing 18 minutes, 9 and 8 with a block. That's actually still useful. It still is infuriating that they are playing James Wiseman ahead of him. Nonsense from a nonsense coach and a nonsense franchise. But what can we do about it? Apart from complain on here. Jimmy Wiseman did play the 31 minutes, Marvin Bagley the fourth. And he was horribly inefficient. 27% as a center is embarrassing. But he'd have 12 and 10 with a steal and a block. So those numbers are still good enough to be a 12-team league player. Killian Hayes played 35 minutes. We love that. 20 points, 7 assists, 3 steals. He is a 12-team league player, as I mentioned. You've got to be willing to cop a hit on field goal percentage. But I hope that his role stays solid. Well, Eugene Omari 
had been showing a few good things that hurt his ankle. He was able to return, but yeah, eight points on 12 shots with four rebounds and two assists. It's frustrating. We hope we would have got a little bit more out of him. I don't mind holding till Thursday. Well, Roderick Hampton, he's definitely below a lot of these guys. Five points for him in 27 minutes on 29% shooting. I, I don't think RJ Hampton, much like all of the first-round draft picks that Troy Weaver tries to um, accumulate after their other teams give up on them, I don't think that he is a good NBA player or even an NBA caliber player. So I wouldn't be looking that excited at him. But this is just a weird game. Like Jared Roden is a real player. He played 17 minutes. Buddy Bayheim played 23 minutes for eight points. Like that's where this team was at. For the Wizards, there was no Kuzma. So they started Corey Kispert. He played another 34 minutes and he hit threes. 16 points, two threes. He does nothing else, as usual. Two rebounds, no assists, one steal. He's a good three-point and point streamer. Gafford, only 22 minutes, which is frustrating. But the defense is good. Four points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, three blocks. He's very much on the fringes of someone that you want to roster. He's okay if it's what you need. There's always ups and downs. There's big upside. There's significant downside. They don't play again until Friday, Saturday. So that is a little bit frustrating. So I wouldn't label him as must roster across those two days. He could be, but he doesn't have to be. And that's going to be the case for a lot of these guys. Same goes with Monte Morris, who was all right here, 13, 8, and 4. And DeLon Wright, who had 0, 3, and 3. The fact that they've cut DeLon's minutes so far down, he was a plus 10 in this game despite those low minutes, is really annoying. And with two days off in between here, low minutes for DeLon in 12s you can cut. Uh, Denny Avdia, 13, 6, and 2. That's almost solely because Kuzma is out. I'm not worried about adding him. While Beal had 36, 6, and 7 with two steals. And Porzingis, 18, and 7, three steals and four blocks. Big Big games from the big names. Actually, shout out to uh, Cobra, Cobra Kai, Johnny Davis, who had 11 points in 19 minutes. Got a little bit of extra playing time. And actually, that was probably the best that he's looked so far in his NBA career. The Denver Nuggets, the swoon continues. Um, I'm just reading something here, a tweet saying, Mark Williams' status for the rest of the season is murky. Yeah, it is. I wish they'd just rule him out. They won't because their injury reporting is horrible. I don't. I actually don't think Williams is going to play this season with that thumb spread. I think he's torn ligaments, and I don't think he's coming back. But these dickheads won't rule him out. And that was the reporter, Rod Boone, who just tweeted that out. Hmm. Keep an eye on that. Obviously, we've dropped Mark Williams. Uh, and we pick him back up if we hear that he's returning. Denver, Toronto. 125, Toronto. 110, Denver. That's four in a row. The Nuggets have lost. They just look terrible. They, they just look so... Their defense is bad at the moment. It's a real worry. Jokic had 28, 8, and 7, but it was good to see Maga Porter Jr. get back over 30 minutes because his production had been down for God knows what reason that Malone had been benching him. 23 and 6 with 5 threes and 2 steals, hyper-efficient. But Jamal Murray, 40 minutes, 14 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, and a block on 28% shooting. He's efficient. At least, look, he was questionable with knee soreness, and at least he played through it, 40 minutes. But that's just rough shooting. I saw more than one person today said, so, man, I can't wait. Jamal Murray, huge game coming up. Back in Toronto, your back hometown. This is how you get big performances. And it is actual bullshit. And I cannot stress to you enough, nothing really to do with season-long fantasy, but for daily fantasy, for betting, that stuff doesn't mean anything. It's a narrative that you might think is real, but honestly, he's not. And again, this will never get brought up again that Jamal Murray shot 28% because he was so motivated that everyone was there to watch him in his hometown, which is actually an hour out of there. It's just people will try to cling on to any narrative they can to get um, to think that they've found an edge with it. And I just, I, I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. But I had multiple people. I saw multiple people talking about this today. And I just, I, I don't get it. KCP has really fallen away. 
At least he had good defense, two steals and a block and four assists, but three points in 29 minutes. The Nuggets have a stinking schedule next week. Now, you don't have to... I see people saying, man, I'm not going to add this guy because in week 24, he plays two games. That's ridiculous. Like, we're a long way away from that. Who knows what's going to happen in that time? But we've got to think now. Look, the Nuggets have three games in four nights to end this week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. That's really strong. And then they play Wednesday, Saturday, the week after. So KCP is probably going to be on the chopping block after Sunday. He's been solid, but he's on the chopping block. Bruce Brown, look, he's not doing enough. 12 and 4, 22 minutes. And the fact that Christian Brown is back in the rotation hurts Bruce's upside. But again, that three game in four nights, let's say he plays 75 minutes across the last four nights of this week, that's probably enough to be a hold. Or at least an, an ad at that point in the week. But he's not producing well. Nor is Aaron Gordon, who continues to hurt your free throws. 18 points is fine. Two steals is good, but one rebound? And two of six from the line is really, really damaging to that free throw percentage category. But we have talked about that quite a few times with Gordon this season, that he is basically, at this stage, a punt free throw player. I don't think there's much else with that one. No, there's not. Well, there's the Raptors side of it, of course. Um, Jakob Pertl, only 27 minutes. He played 13 minutes in the first half, had some foul trouble, got an early foul in this third quarter, but ended up playing 14 second half minutes and was excellent, plus 30 in this game. 12, 11, and 5, one steal, two blocks. I just wish they'd play him big minutes every game, but we couldn't have asked for anything more from our trade deadline by low of Jakob Pertl. Couldn't have asked for anything more. Ananobi, 24, 3, and 3 with four triples. Really, really, um, really impressive from OG. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop works. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. But unfortunately, his teammate Pascal Siakam was not able to get the buy low bump because he was on my buy low show and he got worse. Missed his only free throw, only one free throw attempt. 38% from the field, 12, 8, and 4, no threes. He is just continuing to fall and fall and fall really quickly. We hope he can turn it around, but I don't really know. It's not minutes. Usage is down, and that feels permanent. That that is a real worry about where we go here with um where we go with Siakam or what how we view him. It's not dropping him or anything, but what is our view of him? Because it should be much lower than what it's been in the past with all these struggles that he's having. The usage well down, the shot attempts down, the efficiency down, everything is sort of falling away. As for Gaz Trent. Um, better, but it's still not enough. 11 points, zero assists, no threes, two steals, 25 minutes. The Raptors do have a good end to the week, though. Like Denver, they play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, three games in four nights. So Trent can have some value there just from getting games in. But there are a lot of teams at the end of the week that have three games in four nights. That is also something that we, um, that we need to remember. But at the way things are looking at the moment, Gaz is not a 12-team league guy. People are still holding Chris Boucher. Please stop doing that. Six and four in 11 minutes for him. While Van Vliet was great. 38, seven assists, three steals, eight triples, elite efficiency. We love that from the big fella, Fred Van Vliet. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. The NBA playoffs are almost here and it is the perfect time to download Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, points scored, or even three-pointers drained. If we look ahead to tomorrow's action in the NBA, what games have we got on? Sixers-Cavs. The Sixers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I would think, given Mitchell's 
status, Allen's status, the back-to-back status for the Cavs, that the Sixers should be more than one-and-a-half-point favorites. But you can check all that out over on FanDuel. They even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next one. It is the San Antonio Spurs beating the Orlando Magic. 132 San Antonio, 114 Orlando. Let's talk about Orlando. Franz Wagner played through his ankle sprain. Didn't play particularly well. 28 minutes, 11, 2, and 4. Wouldn't be shocked if there's some time off coming for him. He has regressed in the second half of the season after a really strong start. And Bunkero actually was good from the field for once. 27 and 6, but still... The scoring is always good. The usage is awesome. The other stuff just still needs to come along a little bit. No assists and one block here. Marco Fultz was not efficient, but he did go 13-4-6 with a steal and a block, while Cole Anthony had 15, sorry, 14-5-4, and, and Suggs was 12-1-1 with two steals. The two steals are still good for Suggs. We just don't know what Suggs were getting on a game-by-game basis. That's what makes it frustrating. Bowl had 6-6. Six and six. In his 17 minutes, well, Wendell Carter played 40 minutes last game, down to 29 here. Still a nice 16 and 10 double-double, and he had a little bit of a drop-off in production at one point, but he has stepped it back up, which is good. Now, as for the Spurs, I don't know what to make of this and this team and what we do moving forward, but one thing we do know is that Charles Bassey suffered a fractured fractured patella. He is done for the season. You don't come back from a fractured patella in three weeks. He's done. So who takes on the backup center role? It's going to be Sandro Mamakilashvili. Gorgi Jeng is in that mix as well, and we also could see some Don Barlow play some minutes. But I'd say Mamu, who's been getting a lot of these minutes, is going to have first crack at that. Zach Collins was immense. Another another trade deadline stash win. 25-6-5, one steal, three blocks, 71%. He's shooting the lights out. His assists are up. He looks great. He's putting up some massive numbers. And Jeremy Sohan was also really, really strong. Sohan now! 29-11 and 11 with three threes and one steal. Didn't think I'd really be seeing Jeremy Sohan have 34% usage games. We just don't know when these guys are going to play. Like, is, uh, is Collins and Sohan going to play tomorrow? I don't think so. Vassell and McDermott? I don't think so either. But we'll probably get Keldon back and Branham back and Jones back and Langford back. So, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell happens. They've got a strong schedule, three more games this week. But I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you can add Sohan, but I'd like to see if he's actually playing. I think Bates Diop's got a little bit of value. 14-5 and 4 with 4 threes, but he might literally play 10 minutes. Devontae Graham, 15, 4, and 9 in 25 minutes. He might play four minutes. He might play zero minutes. I just don't know because their rotation's all over the place. Yeah, Vassell again struggled with his shot, but the other stuff is good. Six rebounds, four assists, two blocks. I like all of that. 33 minutes. I love that. 10 points on 36%. I hate it. Lower usage as well. I still think that he's going to have value, but he's not probably going to play in Wednesday's game. So if you wanted to drop him, I don't think anyone's rushing to grab him. You probably could have get away with it. As for Mamakilashvili, he might start tomorrow. I don't... Look, at least you've got to be ready to add him if we hear Zach is out. Seven and seven, two threes. In deeper leagues, I would be interested in adding Mamu right now. I think he gets first crack at backup minutes. And yeah, 17 minutes of Mamu is probably a 16-team league guy, I would say. He's an interesting player. It's bad for Bassett. Like Obviously, Bassett could have good value this week. And it's, we hope that he's able to... Uh, yeah, not miss too much of his off-season uh, program because he was starting to play pretty well. The next game is the Lakers. They beat the Pelicans easily. Again, 123-108. Tone Davis, 33 minutes, 35-17. But Anthony Davis is not going to play tomorrow. This is their second last back-to-back of the season. Their next one comes in April. 
but he will not play this back-to-back. Who they start at center, I was going to say it's tough. It's it's not because they don't have centers. It's Wenyan Gabriel, and that is it because there's no Mo Bamba. It, Gabriel is going to have to start at center, and he's going to be a stream option tomorrow. The other guys that they can play there are Jared Vanderbilpa and Rui Hachimura, and that is it. There is nobody else. They are going to have to get the minutes. Malik Beasley got red hot, 24. I think he had six threes in the first half. He ended with 24 points and seven threes, but that's worth mentioning. One three in the, in the second half. Two steals. Great. But if he didn't hit six threes in the first half, we'd be talking about this in a very different way. He's worth streaming for points and threes, but we don't rely upon it. Well, Dennis Schroeder, who in the first game that Russell came back, played 33 minutes, played 19 here. Okay. Three, two, and three. And while I say this a lot, I don't expect that he's playing 19 a night, but the fact that the downside exists for him to play 19 minutes doesn't makes him not a 12-team league player. Now, if I did have Dennis Schroeder and the fact that Anthony Davis is out tomorrow, I would hold him for tomorrow because they might have to just rely upon someone to generate shots. But he's that's a downside play for sure. Gabriel had six and eight, but his value is going to be up tomorrow. Even Hachimura might be worth a stream tomorrow. While old mate Jared Vanderbilt-Bar, as we know, he cannot scale. Four and eight, 28 minutes, three assists. It's just the same shit every game. He's probably going to have to play extra minutes tomorrow, though. D'Angelo Russell had 17 and five with two steals and two blocks and three triples, a pretty strong game. While Austin Reeves continues to look like a 12-team league player, 14, four and five. And with LeBron still out and out for the foreseeable future, Reeves does have... Um, some 12-team league appeal. For the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram did return, played 38 minutes and had 22, 6, and 6, two steals and a block. So that's a W. But the other good thing here is that Trey Murphy played 38 minutes as well. 20 points, four threes, three steals and a block. And one thing about, now they were both a negative 25 and negative 24, which is bad. But the one thing I've noticed from Trey lately is he's way more aggressive. He was getting 31 minutes a night earlier this season and just wouldn't take shots, wouldn't get involved. And now he is. Now he is showing big stuff. And Herb Jones was also really good. 20 and 7, 2 steals, 16 field goal attempts. Never seen Herb Jones be so aggressive offensively as well. The assists had been high, but they did drop off, but that's good to see that aggression. Um, I don't know what you make with Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovansas. No foul trouble, no injury, no nothing. 16 minutes, 10 and 6. We had Jackson Hayes getting minutes. We had Larry Nance getting minutes. If we're making cutthroat decisions, he's got to be on the chopping block. Now, we look at their schedule. They play Friday and Sunday. So no Wednesday, no Thursday. It's a tough call, but it's 60-plus games of him struggling, really. So if you wanted to move on, like the only reason people would add him is memories from last season. It's frustrating. Joshy Richardson wouldn't say that this was his best. Five points in 17 minutes. So Murphy's clearly re-won that position battle. You still can stream Richardson, but I wouldn't hold waiting for those games across the weekend. And Najee Marshall went back to 16 minutes with Ingram back, seven points in the 16 minutes for him. The next one we look at, the Brooklyn Nets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder 121, the Nets 107. Bridges, 38 minutes, 34 points, four blocks, three threes, further fueling my dynasty sell high on him. He shot 48%, 82 from the line, 11 attempts. He is really, really good. I just find that he will be hard-pressed to maintain this long-term. But he's been awesome. And Dinwiddie, 16, 6, and 11, and two steals. Cameron Johnson had struggled recently, but he put up a good performance here. 23 and 9, three threes and a steal. Good to see that. But I said Royce O'Neill, been playing 30 minutes and played 17. Six points, two threes, two assists. That's disappointing. Probably makes him a drop if you did add him based on some of the recent games. 
it wasn't that Cam Thomas got his minutes because he played three. And it just sort of went to other guys, like extra minutes for Dinwiddie, extra minutes for Cam Johnson, and extra minutes for Claxton, who played 39 minutes. I didn't think Claxton played well, but he did play more minutes. 12 and 12 with a block uh, and four of nine from the line is pretty rough. Curry played 19. Joe Harris played 12. There's not a lot there to see with those ones. But just that slight or significant downturn, actually, in Royce O'Neal's playing time. For the Thunder, they're still without Pokashevsky, of course, but Shea was back. He had 35, 7, and 4 in 36 minutes. And for a tanking team, they're sure winning a lot of games. While the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Saw a stat today that the Thunder of the NBA's best record since March the 2nd. So the last two weeks. What? Jalen Williams, 23 and 10, three assists and two steals, 80% shooting, six of six from the line. Now, obviously, that shooting's not going to stick. But this guy's confidence is unbelievable. How good is he? He looks unbelievably good. His improvement from November to now is out of this world. And it sort of mirrors his improvement or development schedule in college, where he was a nobody playing for Santa Clara, and then as a junior, just went bananas. And here we are, taking it to a new level. You know you're in trouble as an opponent when Lou Dort hits shots. No, my son is also named Bort. 24 points, six threes, nine rebounds. He is one of the most destructive offensive players in the NBA usually, but they went in today, and that worked out well for him. Um, Pig Williams only played the 18 minutes. He had two steals, which is okay. He's still that 14-team league sort of a guy. Well, Josh Giddy, 15, 13, and 10, two steals. Just a quiet triple-double while other guys outperformed him. I'll take that. The rest of the guys, Isaiah Joe hit 1-3, and then no one else did much. Jeng only played 12 minutes. But when they're healthy, that core four guys, they're pretty good. And we saw that in action again today. All right. The Knicks, they comfortably beat the Portland Trailblazers. Not a surprise. They're much better than the Blazers. 123-107, the final score here. Still no Jalen Brunson. The burner is out. It does look like that he will return. He's not in a walking boot. He's walking without a limp. It does look like he'll be back for their next game, which is on Saturday. Um, that means he's only got one more game this week, and it is on Saturday. He, he probably, If you've held him through this, he probably is good enough to hold on, but... It's it's tough. But the expectation, for me at least, is that Jalen Brunson does return for their next game. So that makes a lot of what we see in this game hard to judge. Josh the Hitman Hart played 37 minutes, 16, 9, and 8 with three steals. Really good. Quickly, 26 and 10 with four threes in 34 minutes. He won't play 34 minutes. Um, Juice McBride. Wow. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. 18 points, four threes, one steal, and two blocks. That's a fantastic game. He probably plays zero minutes when Brunson returns. Rowan Barrett, three blocks, 62% shooting, 22 points. You don't get that from him that often. This was just a game where the opponent was outmatched, um, outclassed, and big opportunities arose for a lot of other Knicks players. They didn't even get big stuff from Julius Randle. He was fine, 24, 10, and four, but he didn't need to do huge amounts. One of the only guys, or two guys, really struggled in this one for the Knicks, and that was Quentin Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. There's no need to have Grimes on a roster, a 12 or a 14 team league roster. Not only does he only have one game this week, but he scored four points in 20 minutes and his role is minuscule. And Mitchie Robinson, just the 21 minutes for him. He's been a little bit down of late. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. 21 minutes with no fouls, while Hartenstein played 26. Now, Hartenstein went scoreless, but he had 11 rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. That at least puts Hartenstein onto the 14 team league radar. Not as an ad, one game left this week, remember. What does it do for Robinson, though? Like, if you are in finals week and you've got one game left for the Knicks and for Robinson on Saturday, you probably drop him. 
if you're in semifinals week, they got a weird week next week as well, where they play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they don't play a game on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's a weird week as well. So over the next, well, it's Tuesday today. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Over the next 12 days, the Knicks play four games. That's rough, man. That makes it really hard to hold when he's getting marginalized like this. Makes it hard to get even excited about Josh Hart or Emmanuel Quickly, who put up good games here. That's just not a lot. There's a nice little stretch in the middle there, but the overall value is not massive. For Portland, Lillard returned. He had 38, 7, and 7, 8 triples, 39 minutes. Great. Well, Simons had 22 points with not much else there in 34 minutes. And that was about Jeremy Grant here. And not they didn't start Nasir Little. And not only did they not start Nasir Little, but he played under 10 minutes. He wasn't very good. I'll grant you that. But Chauncey Billups does not like Nasir Little as a player, does not value him as a player, I don't believe. They've had many opportunities to give him chances to play. They just don't trust him at all. I don't know what that means for him long-term, but they don't. They signed that ridiculous that three-year, $10 million extension or something stupid like that. Um, but they don't trust him at all. This was the chance to get some minutes, but no, didn't happen. Watford, 40 minutes. 10-6-4, three steals and two threes. Not a bad game from Trendon. And as long as Jezza Grant is out, Watford appears to be on the radar. And we thought we knew what we could get out of Cam Reddish, but apparently not. Reddish off the bench played not much. What, 19 minutes? Two points with two steals on 17%. And Thibel, who'd been the one getting 20 minutes, played 38 minutes. 15, 8, and 3, three steals, a block, and two triples. In general, we do like to go to guys who start because there is more upside in minutes. And Thibel was a guy that I wanted to hold on to, mainly for his defensive upside. And he got a few extra things in here as well. But it was a good game from him, a poor game from Reddish. And again, like I've said a lot, the downside risk now of Reddish playing 20 minutes coming off the bench means it's really hard to hold on to him. You don't want to do that. Now, they do play Friday, Sunday this week, two more games. But is Cam Reddish worth it? Probably not. Shaden Sharp played only seven minutes. Another just Billups masterclass. And we talked about Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. He was on the buy low, sell high show saying, I don't really have any worries with his minutes. It's going to come up. He played 28 here, 10 and 10, one assist. I won't say he was great, but no, it's a one block, three assists. I won't say he was great, but he was definitely better than the 415th ranked player, which he was prior to today. Um, and I do believe that he is a 12-team league guy. Again, the minutes restriction, not a problem. He's at 28 already. That's not anything to worry about there. It's just more that his production hasn't quite been at the level that we uh, that we regularly needed at. And then let's do the last game. The Milwaukee Bucks on a back-to-back against the Suns on a back-to-back. Win at 116-104. Brooke Lopez did not get suspended and he played 34 minutes. 21 and 10, two steals and a block. Or Jay Crowder, 24 minutes against his former team. He was okay. 11 points, four shots, three threes. Absolutely nothing more than like a 14-team streamer. Jingle and Joe was back. 27 minutes for Ingles, six points and seven assists. Those assists are making him worthwhile. Now, he's not going to play every night, obviously. He just sat yesterday. But the role is there. There is a bit of value. He's at least someone to look at. Chrissy Middleton was out in this game, as was Grayson Allen. But Ingles has been getting these minutes irrespective of those players. Connaughton started for Middleton. He didn't do much, although the three blocks are nice, along with two threes. We don't really care too much there. While Holiday had 12, 6, and 5 with a steal and a block. It was a monster game from Giannis, apart from a couple of things. 36, 11, and 8, a steal and a block. We love that. Unfortunately, he was only 48% from the field and... Worse, 14 of 24 from the line. That sinks you, but you know that. 
you know if you have Giannis, you're getting sunk from the free throw line. It was a great game otherwise. Would have loved more field goal percentage, but it was a great game otherwise. Drew had 12 and 6. I think I already mentioned that. And Punch Bob, 20 minutes, 11 and 4. I think that you can jack Bobby Portis pretty easily. Get that garbage out of here! You add him back if Giannis is out. For the Suns, no Durant, obviously. Josh Kogi. This is this is a Kogi. 35 minutes, 8 and 7, 4 assists and 2 steals, 20% shooting. The 2 steals are nice, but that higher usage, high efficiency guy we saw for a 3 game stretch is just not Josh Okogie. So he's turning more into the guy that Tory Craig was when Cam Johnson was injured earlier in the season. And that's a very, very fringe player. You do not have to roster Josh Okogie. The minutes are fine, but he's not that guy. DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble, 25 minutes, 16 and 8. Inefficient, but had some foul trouble. So Jock Landau, Jock Landau, 12 points in 14 minutes. And we had Ish Wainwright play 25 minutes. Booker was pretty strong. 43 minutes on a back-to-back is pretty insane. 30 and 4 with two steals for him, while Chris Paul, 11, 4 and 8 with two steals. But overall disappointing that they miss Kevin Durant, and they also miss the players that they traded for Kevin Durant. That's that's a problem here for the Suns, and this is going to be a struggle until Durant comes back. So them getting up to like as high as the three seeds, probably not going to happen now. They're probably going to be stuck at the 4-5 sort of a zone with the struggles that are apparent, and for genuine reasons when you're playing your minutes to Ish Wainwright regularly, you don't you wouldn't consider yourself to be a super strong team in that situation. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous, it does go to Brad Beal of the Washington Wizards. Your waiver wire is Jakaris Levert. The young gun is the Bronco Jalen Williams. And the dud of the night is Dillon Wright. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one, Brad Beal, followed by Van Vliet, Zach Collins, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Karis Levert, Damian Lillard. I didn't get to do this or I didn't do it before. I should have done it. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. Jalen Williams at 8, Pozingas 9, and Pirtle at 10. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number 1 was Levert. You can stream him tomorrow, absolutely, especially if, Gar- uh, if Mitchell is out. Sorry, Osman, well, the Discman really benefited from those absences. I would not feel good about Osman doing it twice in two games, but you know, maybe in deeper formats. Devontae Graham, who knows? Honestly, who knows? But he's worth a look, I think. Bates Diop, similarly, I think there'll be a solid role for him. I think Sohan will be out, so Bates, Dopp will re- Bates Diop will remain starting. Corey Joseph, yeah, he's fine to stream in for Thursday, apparently, with how they look. Juice McBride, not interested. Doug McDermott, don't think he plays tomorrow. Troy Brown, yeah, that's a deeper league one. Monte Morris, yeah, not interested in him, really. He's just a schedule stream guy. And then Trenton Watford, only if Jeremy Grant happens to be out again. Your top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Giannis, followed by Beal, Van Bleet, Davis, Lillard, Porzingis, Levert, Zach Collins, Mikael Bridges, and Josh Gideon. Guys, that'll do it. For me today, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.